thank you all for being here. Thank you, praise team, for, for leading us, and, and they are a blessing. Let me say a word about the Sunday school, if I might. Uh, you know, we have uh, a men's class meeting now. Uh, Scotty Williams is teaching a men's class in the choir room. That class is going to continue. Uh, we also have a class taught by a group of ladies in the parlor. That class will continue. But Al Jones is going to be teaching Explore the Bible. There are three different Sunday school curriculum lines Southern Baptists have Explore the Bible, which takes a book of the Bible and uh, works your way through a book. Uh, not a long-term study through that book, but maybe you go through it for a quarter or a part of a quarter. He's going to be teaching that one in the sanctuary. Van's going to be teaching Gospel Project. Gospel Project also uh, has a series that goes in, in a linear fashion uh, through the Bible, always pointing every lesson back to Jesus. That's the twist on the Gospel Project. And then the uh, Bible Studies for Life, that's a topical study. They might talk about abortion or some topic like that. Uh, so, And Chad Evans is going to be teaching Bible Studies for Life. Van's going to be teaching Gospel Project. Al is going to be teaching uh, Explore the Bible. And those are the new tracks that will open up. And hopefully we want to start Wednesday night back sometime after the first of the year. So uh, we've been very cautious about what we do. But those are the, the, that's the plan, phase two, relaunch of adult Sunday school, and then to relaunch Wednesday night after the first of the year. Last week we talked a little bit about the prophet Jeremiah as he stood at a low point in his life. It was a low point for him spiritually. And if you are a, a devoted follower of Christ and you want to be everything that Jesus wants you to be, when you become something less than that, that's a low point in your spiritual life. You know that your life is not pleasing to God. Not only is your life not pleasing to God at that point, it's not pleasing to you. And so it can bring you to a low point emotionally. We saw how Jeremiah was at that low point emotionally this week. We're going to look at another section of the Old Testament. Our focus is going to be on Isaiah 41 where there were a group of people who were at a low point emotionally and spiritually because they had a broken relationship with God. They had become less than what God wanted them to be. And, you know, I find that when I'm at a low point spiritually, not only am I at a low point emotionally, I just don't feel really good during those times. Everything is not right. Everything just gets out of sync with you when, when you know your heart is not where it ought to be with God. And then if your heart is not ought to be, where it ought to be with God, and you have a low point financially, you don't have enough money in your bank account to meet the bills or something goes wrong, there's a setback in that way, you begin to connect the dots and you say, well, you know, this, this, this low point over here, this bad day over here must somehow be connected to my bad walk with the Lord. I find that that's common for all of us. And then the devil begins to do what he does best, and that is accuse us. He connects every calamity that surrounds our life with a dip in our relationship with God. And he begins to tell us, he says, well, you know, God doesn't care much for you anymore. He's just against you in every way. God's abandoned you. God's rejected you. Can you not look in the mirror and think that God would reject somebody like you? If you've never heard a, had a conversation like that with uh, the devil, 
You will, and that's where those conversations always come from. Because the truth of the matter is, if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you are a believer in Him, He loves you to such an extent that no matter where you find yourself spiritually, the truth about your life is that you are chosen and not rejected. God will not abandon you. The God who loved you when you were a sinner from the cross will not stop loving you should you fall into sin. And so that's where we want to talk about today because the people in the book of Isaiah in the 41st chapter of Isaiah certainly felt rejected. Their circumstances, everything around their lives pointed to that because due to their sin, they were in captivity. They had been taken out of the land where they lived and they had been taken to a foreign land. They were prisoners of war. And chances are, if you're here today and you are out of step with God, if your relationship with God is broken, there is some degree of captivity in your life. You are captive to sin or captive to some set of circumstances. So, and you're here looking for a word from the Lord. What would the Lord say to me? I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not where I ought to be. Uh, we talked about last week... Uh, We sort of graft, I graft for you my own walk with the Lord. I graft it because it's just true, and it's probably true of yours as well. We have our walk with the Lord goes sort of like this, doesn't it? We have highs and lows, and it's in those low valleys when we begin to feel rejected and not chosen. So I want to take you to this passage of Scripture uh, from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 41. And first we're going to look at verses 8 and 9, and then we're going to move to 10, 13, 14, 20, and I'm going to go everywhere to every other verse in the Bible preaching the gospel. And before I finish, I'm going to read all the verses of the Bible. No, we're just going to look at a few. Our focus is going to be on chapter 41 of Isaiah, mainly on verse 10, but we begin in verse 8. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, Descendant of Abraham, my friend, you who I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its remotest parts and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. You hear what God said to them? Remember, they're in exile because of their sin. They got bad stuff going on. They hit a low point in their spiritual life and the bottom dropped out for them in every way. They hit rock bottom financially. They hit rock bottom as a nation politically. Everything was chaos in their lives. Their whole world was messed up because of their sin. So I want you to receive this as God's word to you in the midst of your circumstances, reminding you that if you are one of God's children, one of those that God loved and called, who he died on the cross for you, he, he will not stop loving you. There is not a point. Your faithfulness might be like mine. It's fickle, but God's faithfulness is, is constant always. Now, first, you'll notice that God called them chosen and not rejected. And so here you are. You're only beginning, some of you, you're on the front end of your life having graduated from high school or looking forward to graduating from high school or you're, or you're in some career 
and you're hearing God calling you to something else, and then you look at your own life and you say, how could God call me, uh, being the person that I am? Your life is complicated by sin and circumstances. How could you ever do what God wants you to do? Well, the fact of the matter is, if there's one thing I could get across to you today, whoever you are and wherever you are in your life journey, is that it's not about you. It never has been about you. It will never be about you. Please take the focus off yourself. Please take the focus off your sin. Please take the focus off your circumstances and focus on what God says to you this morning. And so I want you to look. Remember, we started in verse 8, thinking about their circumstances. God says to them in 8 and 9, you're chosen and not rejected. He's saying that to people who were caught in the grasp of calamity because of their sin. And then to those very people, this could be you. This could be your personal word from the Lord today. So pay close attention to it. From Isaiah 41, 10, the Lord says to you, to you that person on rock bottom, to you that person out of fellowship with God, to you that person you're not where you ought to be and you feel it on the inside, you feel defiled, you feel defeated, you feel distant from God. He says to you, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not look anxiously about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I want to outline this for you this morning under... Uh, several different headings, but number one, I want you to see the first thing that God says. He says, don't be afraid for I am with you. So first, you have the promise of God's presence. You have the promise of God's presence. You remember what Jesus said to his disciples? He said it to his disciples. He said it to Peter, who had denied him. He said it to the, the disciples, the inner circle, Peter, James, and John, who could not even pray with him for one hour. He prayed for these men who had failed him in so many ways, but he said to them, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. He was with them on their good days. He was with them on their bad days. He was with them on the mountaintop spiritually. He was with them at the low ebbs of their life, and the same is true for you. God is saying to you today, I am with you. Now let's be honest. There are times when, uh, because of our sin, we feel distant from God. That is a divinely appointed distance. And it causes in us a gnawing, sleep-disturbing homesickness. I'm not where I ought to be. I need to get back with God, but I don't know how to get back with God. I'm not what I ought to be, and I don't know how to become what I ought to be. What do I do? So the time comes in the lives of God's people when God uh, puts us in time out, so to speak, you probably have children, and some of you children, you've been put in time out. Maybe you're teenagers, and you have a cell phone, and your cell phone has been put in time out. And then mom and dad say, well, you know, it's, it's time to come out of time out. I think you've learned your lesson. Well, God also puts us in time out. And then when he sees that we've learned our lesson, he comes to us and he says, I see now that you feel this distance, I see that you've recognized the calamity that's come into your life, and, and perhaps some of it is connected to your sin, rightfully so, but it's time for you 
to come back to me. And so he draws us back to himself. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. You have the promise of God's presence. Second, he says, do not look anxiously about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So second, not only do you have the promise of God's presence, you have the promise of God's power. You, the person who's at the low, lowest of low, your own rock bottom because of whatever has happened in your life, because of your distance from God. But that is the message of the gospel. God sends out the message of the gospel, the message of hope to the people walking in darkness. Those are the ones that have seen the great light. Those are the ones that that hope dawns on them, and hope needs to dawn on you today. And so when there's a dip in your relationship with God and you realize that you're on rock bottom in other areas of your life because of it, you begin thinking, how am I ever going to straighten this out? How am I ever going to fix it? How am I ever going to make it work? So you lie in your bed at night and you toss back and forth and and you can't sleep thinking about how. How is all this going to work out? How is it going to get put back together? God doesn't want you thinking about how because you can't figure out how. But you need to rearrange those three little letters, H-O-W, and you, you need to rearrange them to think about who. It's who can help you. And so don't look anxiously about you, God says. Don't toss and turn on your bed at night because I am your God. God promises supernatural help in the middle of their circumstances. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Surely I will uphold you. You don't have to lean on your own ability or your own wisdom. God says, I will provide the strength. I will be there to help. I will cling to you even when you don't have the strength to cling to me. So here are these people in the Old Testament, trapped as they were by their circumstances, and into their lives comes this gnawing, haunting, sleep-disturbing homesickness. They toss to and fro on their beds at night saying, how did we ever get in this mess? It was our distance from God that caused this, and the devil is telling them, you're certainly abandoned, you're certainly forsaken, you're certainly forgotten, and God comes and says, no, you're not forsaken, you're not rejected, you're chosen, and I am with you, and I have a plan to deliver you and to bring you back, and it would be to such, it would be such a remarkable thing that God would do in their life that if you look down in verse 20 in the book of Isaiah, he said, that they may see and recognize and consider and gain insight that the hand of the Lord has done this and the Holy One of Israel created it. In other words, you'll see that this is something only God can do. Only God could have done this. Only God could have brought me back to Him. Only God could have could have helped my circumstances to work out. So, you're deep in the mire of despair, desperate in your circumstances. It'll take a miracle to make things different. And you're at your wit's end trying to figure out how. And the Lord says, you need to listen to me because I am the one who can help you. Verses 13 and 14 now of chapter 41. For I am the Lord your God who upholds you, your right hand, who says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Do not fear, you worm, Jacob, you men of Israel. He called them a worm. Do you 
ever feel a little wormy spiritually? You know what a, we got vets here. They know what worms do to dogs. They make them sort of skinny and scrawny and sickly. Well, sometimes that's how we are spiritually. We get a little wormy spiritually, but God still loves us and he cares about us. And he wants to treat that problem in our lives and help us to be better. So you have, he says here, he says, do not fear, you worm, Jacob, you men of Israel. I will help you, declares the Lord, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. In other words, the only one who can pick you up, the only one who can pull you out, the only one who can make things better in your life is the Lord himself. So you have the promise of God's presence. You have the promise of God's power. And third, you have the promise of God in your problems, in your problems. God says, I'm going to help you. Now, are you worthy of his help? No, nobody has ever been worthy of God's help. I am not worthy, but God desires to help you. How? You know what? In Isaiah chapter, in chapter 30, there's a couple of verses that are precious to me. And it talks about the longing of God's heart. Do you know what the longing of God's heart is? you know what God longs to do? What is the passion of his heart? I mean, just really that God tiptoes and looks over heaven. If we could picture God in that way, I don't think he needs to tiptoe. I think he can see all of us. But you can just picture God leaning and waiting. I long to do this. I long to do this. This is what it says. Therefore, the Lord longs, he longs to be gracious to you. And therefore, he waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are those who long for him. O people in Zion, O inhabitant in Jerusalem, you will weep no longer. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. He waits, he longs for you to cry, for you to pray, for you to cry out to him. So imagine that, you, in your circumstances, you sitting on rock bottom, you with all the complications in your life as a result of your sin, you, the person who the devil has said to you over and over, as you look in the mirror or as you even try to pick up your Bible, God doesn't love you, God doesn't care about you, God says to you, you are chosen and not rejected. I am with you. I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You have the promise of God's presence. You have the promise of God's power. You have the promise of God in your problems. And you, number four, have the promise that God will answer when you pray. This week the Lord took me on a personal journey. I no magic in how I came to the decision just to read from Psalms this week and to try to focus on just one verse. I, I'm a marathon reader of my Bible. Sometimes I try to read too much, and I don't get a lot out of it when I try to read a lot. So I said, I'll just read, just try to focus on one verse every day and put that verse in my pocket and carry it with me. So I, I started in one of the ones of Psalms, just maybe... I think I started in Psalm 51 because I know about Psalm 51, so I said, I'll just read Psalm 51. And then I said, okay, I think I'll go back and just pick up all the ones. So I think I went back to maybe 11 and then 21 and 31 and 41. About Friday, I was in Psalm 71. 
And it seemed to me, I knew by that time that every verse that I had read seemed to me to be conveying the same message to me. But here's Psalm 71, verses 1 and 2. And by the way, Psalm 71 is a great passage of Scripture to read if you are like me. And your hair's a little gray, and you're getting a little few years on you because the Lord says in that Psalm, He says, Even when you are old and gray, I will not forget you. And in your graying years, I will be the same. Imagine that. Psalm 71. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Every day when I read those verses from Psalms, the Lord had one message for me. It's not about you. It's about me. It's not about what you can do. It's about what I can do. Lean on me. Listen to me. Cry out to me. And you might be hearing God saying the same thing to you today. Or maybe not. Because you may be so deep in the weeds of your sin that all you can do is hear the devil saying, you're wormy and God doesn't love you anymore. He doesn't care about you. You've got so much sin in your life that now you are rejected. Don't believe a word of it. Because we just read here where God said, look, don't be afraid. Because it is as I promised. I am with you. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In fact, I long to be gracious to you. I'm waiting for you to cry out to me. So imagine that today from heaven, a hand is reaching out, a hand reaching out to you with great power, reaching out to you in your problems, reaching out to you in your predicament, reaching out to you, the only one, the only hand that can give you peace. But the question is, will you be reaching back? know the person assigned to receive this message today, and I'm confident, Lord, that there is one, someone who needed to hear these verses and to hear this truth, someone who needed to receive it and also who needs to respond to it, perhaps, Lord, publicly to come and say, Lord, thank you for speaking to me or recommitting their life to you or coming here to the front of this room and just sitting in one of these chairs and crying out to you for the, for the thing, Lord, that, that they've been reluctant to say or reluctant to do. Now, Lord, we pray that you would speak in this invitation time. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand?